0: If you're able this morning, if you'll stand as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. One more time, we're going to look in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5. It'll be the last time that we look at this verse for a while anyway. Ephesians chapter number 5, and we're going to read verse number 20. The book of Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 20. The apostle Paul writes, and he says, Give thanks always. say Always. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you one more time, Father, for your incredible, incredible blessing upon all of our lives. Father, you have been so good to us and we are so grateful and so thankful. God, we're thankful for this past year. We're thankful for the growth of this church. We're thankful for all that our church was able to accomplish this past year. And God, we look forward to a new year, Father, just in a few weeks, Father, with with gratitude all also, understanding that you have great plans for us this coming year. God, I just pray you bless those who uh, receive your word today. Open our ears to hear the word of God. And God, I pray one more time that we won't just hear today, but God, we will also put in practice, make practical application of your word. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, you can be reseated. this morning. Well, today we're going to conclude our series I'm calling Thanks Living. Yeah, it's good to observe a day of thanksgiving. It's better to practice thanks living. Paul said to give thanks always. He said to give thanks for all things. Here's what I know, and that is people who practice thanks living are happier and much more content fact of the matter is, it's hard to be unhappy when you are constantly counting your blessings and and developing an attitude of gratitude. Well, so far in our series, we have talked about being thankful for our family, and we've talked about being thankful for our finances, and we have talked about being thankful for our freedom. Today, we're going to talk about being thankful for our future, thankful for our Future. Now, you might say, but pastor, how, how can we be thankful for something that's unknown to us? And I would say, who told you your future was unknown? Yes. yes, there are some details of our future that are unknown. But there is a lot about our future that we do know. And these are the things I believe we should be thankful for. I'm going to suggest four things today about our future that we can be thankful for. First of all, we can be thankful that our future is crafted. Our future is crafted. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11, the Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know what? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And the psalmist wrote in Psalm 139, Psalm 139, verses 16 through 18, David writes, and he's talking to God, and he says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. He said, you saw me before I ever was. And he said, and in your book they were written, the days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I want to make two statements here this morning. First of all, God's assignment, God's assignment for us is specific. Yes, see, see, what you need to understand is, and that is God assigns us to a specific people. Yes, it's called your family. God assigns us to a specific people. He assigns us to a specific place, and he assigns us to a specific place. Project. See, all of us are on divine assignment by God because God doesn't just fly by the seat of his pants. He has a specific plan for every single life. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 3 through 4, and then also in verse 9, the Bible said that God said to Elijah, Go to the brook Kirith. God said to to Elijah, Because I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Feed you where? Anywhere? Everywhere? Doesn't matter? No, no. God said to Elijah, said, go to the brook Kirith, because I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And in verse number 9, the Bible says, God said to Elijah, arise and leave Kirith. Initially, God said, go to the brook Kirith. But the Bible says that after a period of time, the brook dried up. And so when the brook dried up, then then God told Elijah, said, Arise, leave Kirith and go to Zarephath and dwell there. Dwell where? Anywhere. Just get up and move. Just go. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, what'll be? be, just do whatever you want to. Is that what God said? No, no, he said, Arise, leave Kirith, and go to Zarephath, and dwell there, because I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. Where did God provide a widow for Elijah? There. There. Well, in Galatians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says that God called Paul to preach to the Gentiles, and it says that he called Peter to preach to the Jews. What am I saying this morning? I am saying that God's assignment for us is specific. We can be thankful for our future because we know that God has designed our future. And we can also know that because God has designed our future, we can also know that when we get to our future, we will soon discover that God is already there. He has gone before us, and he's waiting on us to get there. And once we get there, the provision has already been made. There, the widow is there to sustain us. There, the ravens are there to feed us. There, the brook is there to provide us drink. When we get to our, to our future, we will discover that God is already there opening doors for us and setting us up for success. Well, here's what I have learned, and that is my greatest success in life comes when my life is fitting into God's specific assignment for me. And I've learned that when I get outside of God's specific assignment for me, that is when I began to struggle. Well, let me make a second statement here this morning, and the second statement is God's alignment for us is in our best interest God's alignment for us is in our best interest Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 I use it a lot because it's one of my life verses Paul writes and he says and we know does he say we think we hope no Paul said we know what do we know Paul we know that God causes all things some things a few things No, Paul says, and we know that God causes all things, all things what? To work together for good. Are all things good? No, No, Paul didn't say all things are good. But Paul said, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those that are called according to his purpose. Now, we might not always understand God's alignment for us. We might not always like, or we might not always agree with God's alignment for us, but God's alignment for us is always in our best interest. I've said this before, but it bears repeating, and that is sometimes God works for us, but sometimes God is working in us. Sometimes God is building his kingdom and sometimes God is building his people. Sometimes, before God can work for us, he must first work in us. Write this down this morning. And that is, before he can promote us, he must first prepare us. Well, I'm giving you four things today about our future. The first is our future is crafted, the second thing is our future is conditional. Our future is conditional. See, God created people, not robots. See, and and because of that, our will often collides with God's will. Ever had that happen? But I want you to know that God's will for us is always better than our will for us. But I, I would have to say most people ever totally learn that. I want to make two statements here this morning. First of all, let me say this. We we often cancel out God's plan for us. We often cancel out God's plan for us. Let's look in in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 1. Proverbs, chapter 1. Let's read verses 24 through 33. Now, it's talking about wisdom here. It's talking about wisdom, so understand that when I read this. Verse 24 says, because I have called and you refused. I'm talking about our future is conditional. Talking about our will often collides with God's will. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebukes. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, because, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel, and they despised my every rebuke. Notice this verse 31, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way. You don't like what's going on in your life right now? You don't like the fruit you're eating? Verse 31 says they shall eat the fruit of their own way. You either eat the fruit of God's way or eat the fruit of your own way. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Our future is conditional. And one of the conditions is obedience. In Luke chapter 13 verse 34, Jesus said how often I wanted to gather you together to me. Notice what Jesus said, how often, how often I wanted, say I wanted. How often Jesus said, I wanted to gather you together to me as a hen gathers her brood under her, her, her wings. But watch this, but you were not willing. As I read this, I thought to myself, oh, oh I wonder how many times we have, we have canceled out God's plans for us because we weren't willing to obey Him. Jeremiah 2911, do you not know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. How often have we canceled out the plans that God had for our life? Hear me this morning. Although God's future for us is crafted, it is also conditional. And we often cancel out God's plans for us. And I also want to say this this morning. That is we often complicate God's plans for us. We often complicate the plan that God has for our life. Abraham sure did, didn't he? Remember God promised him and his wife a a son? Ah, but when old Abe and Sarah got weary of waiting for the stork to arrive, they took matters into their own hands. I wouldn't recommend that. Abram and Sarah, instead of waiting, instead of waiting for Isaac, the child of promise, instead they took matters into their own hands, and Ishmael, Ishmael, the problem child was born. Instead of waiting for the promised child, they produced the problem child. And Ishmael and his descendants have been a thorn in the flesh of Abraham and his descendants for thousands of years. Again, this is just another example of my favorite saying, and that is a God idea will work, a good idea will work you. We often complicate God's plans for us by the decisions we make. And this is another reason why I have prayed for wisdom nearly every single day for over 40 years. As a very, very young pastor, I discovered in James that if we lack wisdom, we could ask God and God would give it to us. And you know, when you're pastoring a church at 17, it's good you discover the verse. And I've been reminding God of that verse nearly every single day for over 40 years. For over 40 years, nearly daily, I pray that God would give me wisdom. Here's the reason. See, the reason is to be smart and have lots of knowledge is great. And I know a lot of smart people. I sure know a lot of people that are a whole lot smarter than I am. I don't claim to be smart. I don't claim to have an incredible knowledge. Listen. But here's what I've discovered. To be smart and have lots of knowledge is is great. To have wisdom is far greater. Write this down this morning without wisdom. Smart people do dumb things. You can be the smartest one in the class. You can be the smartest one in your family. But I'm telling you, no matter how smart you are, without wisdom, smart people do dumb things. It's not enough just to have the information. You better have some wisdom. You better know what to do with the information that you have. Our subject today is thankful for our future. See, just as a good earthly father wants a good future for his kids, so our heavenly father wants good things for his kids. And he has set us up for success. He, listen to me, I believe this with all of my heart this morning, and that is he, he has scheduled people, he has scheduled places, and he has scheduled potential. And he has strategically placed them in our future. But even though He has made that schedule, even though that is what God has done, it is up to us to take advantage of them. Listen, I believe this morning that we have much to do with the success or the failure of our future. Let me say it like this this morning, number three, and that is our future is cultivated. Now, to cultivate means to nurture, it means to develop, it means to improve. It means to grow. It means to refine. And by the way, we have cultivation classes every Wednesday night around here. Half of you don't know that. (laughs) Let me make two statements here this morning. Number one, our tomorrow, our tomorrows are being determined by what we do today. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9 says, a man reaps according to what he sows. It says, don't grow weary in doing what is right. A harvest is coming if you do not give up. I'm going to say it again this morning. Our future is cultivated. Our future is determined by the kind and the amount of the seeds that we sow. If you'll sow good, quality, wise, correct, Seeds, then success will be your harvest. On the other hand, if you sow bad, inferior, unwise, wrong seeds, failure is what you're going to harvest. And the harvest that we are reaping today is the result of the seeds that we planted yesterday. Our future is cultivated, and we are the cultivators. And also know this, and that is how we treat others is how we will be treated. Luke 6 and 37, Jesus said, do not judge and you won't be judged. I wish people wouldn't judge me. Well, obviously you've been judging other people or you wouldn't be being judged. Me and Jesus, we just say it as it is. (laughs) Jesus said, do not judge and you will not be judged. Jesus said, do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Jesus said, forgive and you will be forgiven. Cultivate your future by treating other people the way you want to be treated. Let me just tell you this morning, and I don't get any joy about saying this, but let me just tell you what I've experienced, what I've, I've discovered, and what I've seen. And that is when people fail, we tend to judge them harshly. Hang them by their heels. Oh, that's the sentence we impose on them. And then when we fail, Or someone we love fails. We cry out, give us mercy, give us grace. The problem is we have already cultivated the future by our judgmental attitude in our past. We've already planted the seeds and the seeds have grown and there's going to be a harvest. How we treat others is how we're going to be treated. Oh, I say, God, help us to cultivate a loving, gentle, merciful, forgiving heart so that when the time comes, and let me tell you, friend, the time will come. And when the time comes and, oh, we or someone we love needs unconditional love or mercy or grace or forgiveness, amen, it will be extended to us because it had been cultivated. Our series is called Thanks Living. Today we're talking about being thankful for our future. Now, I'm suggesting four things about our future. First of all, our future is crafted. Secondly, our, our future is conditional. Third, our, our future is cultivated. And finally, this morning, our future is a choice. Our future is a choice. In Numbers chapter 13, I'm not going to take the time to read it, but in Numbers chapter 13, God had rescued the children of Israel from slavery in in Egypt. He had supernaturally taken care of all of their needs on their journey from Egypt to their promised land. But before God took them into the promised land, God first of all told Moses to pick out 12 leaders, one from each tribe, and that he was to send 12 men into Canaan, the promised land, and they were to scout out the land and bring back a report of what they saw. The Bible says there were two very different reports given. The Bible says that 10 of those 12 spies gave a bad report. Only two out of the 12 gave a good report. 10 spies said we can't, and here's why. Two spies, Caleb and Joshua, said we certainly can. And here's why. One report said our future is doomed. The other report said our future is divine. Here's what I know this morning. That is, our future is a choice. And I would submit to you this morning that our faith will take us into the promised land. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30, Caleb silenced the people and he said, Hey, let's go up at once. Let's go up right now and take the land because we are well able. And if you read the rest of the story, you will see that Caleb and Joshua were the only ones out of the 12 who were allowed to enter the promised land. I'm telling you this morning, our future is a choice. Oh, I understand. Yes, yes, I would agree. God has crafted an incredible future for all of us. He has picked out our very own personal promised land. But hear me this morning, just because God has crafted our future doesn't mean there won't be giants to overcome, doesn't mean there won't be a wilderness to walk through. And actually, it doesn't even mean we're ever going to get there. God's will for us is not always the easiest way, but it's always the best way. When I look back at some of the challenging places that God has led me to, oh, my flesh screamed out, no! But let me tell you that when my faith overrode my flesh, when I said yes to what I really wanted to say no to, let me tell you that God not only led me to it, but he also led me through it. Our future is a choice. Our faith will take us into our personal promised land or our lack of faith will keep us in the wilderness. Number 13 and 31 says the men who had gone up with Caleb and Joshua said, we're not able to go up against these people because they are stronger than we are. And because of their lack of faith, these ten faithless spies, along with the multitude of people that listened to them, Amen. they were sentenced to walk around and around and around and around and around the same old wilderness for 40 years until every single one of them was dead. Their unbelief kept them wandering in the wilderness and kept them out of their promised land. Yes. Thank you, Lord. The question today is what will we do? What will we do? What will our future look like? Will our faith take us into our personal promised land? Or will our lack of faith keep us going around and around and around and around the same old wilderness? And keep us out of the personal promised land God had designed for us. It's our choice. Can't blame your mama. Can't blame your daddy. Can't blame the pastor. Can't blame society. It's our choice. Today, we are a sum total of the choices we've made in our lives. It's our choice. Does God have a plan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we robots that are programmed? No. God says, I've got a plan for you. It's a good one. But if we say, God, I don't like your plan, I'm going my plan. He said, go ahead and see how it goes for you. From what I've noticed in over 35 years of living, just checking, see if you're still with me. I have lived over 35 years. If we want our future to be different than our past, we must make better choices. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning, Lord, that you've placed in my heart today. God, I pray you get in the heart of your people today. Holy Spirit, would you do the work that needs to be done in the hearts and the lives of the people here today. Father, we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.